From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Retired District Judge Trippie McGuire joins us today to tell the story he often teaches to fourth graders in the op schools. William Weatherford, named Red Eagle in a famous poem, was a Creek Indian leader who was one of the most dashing figures in Alabama history. Judge McGuire is also the author of the book Winnie Wright, a Roaring Twenties Flapper who broke the glass ceiling in the boomtown years of Alabama. Judge Trippy McGuire, thank you so much for joining us by Skype from Op Alabama. Thanks, Carolyn. Good to be with you. Judge McGuire, who are we talking about and where did your interest start in this person? It's William Weatherford. Of course, I'm retired, but I do go back and help the fourth grade teachers at Op Elementary teach the students on the Indians and also the Creek Indian War with a specific focus on William Weatherford, the Creek leader. People who remember him might remember him as Red Eagle. That was the name our history books referred to him as for the most part. William Weatherford referred to just a few times, but Red Eagle was the name used most often. My hero as a child was Tarzan. When I was in fourth grade and we started studying William Weatherford, I thought, man, here is a real-life Tarzan. Went home and told my dad about William Weatherford, Red Eagle. He said, oh, yeah, I used to play with his great-great-great-grandkids when I was a child living in Mobile. So that just sealed the deal. William Weatherford was it in my life, and I have been researching him ever since. In the early 1800s, he was the leader of the Red Stick Creeks. Who were the Red Sticks? The Red Sticks was the war faction of the Creek Nation. There was the Upper Creek Nation, the Upper Creek Towns, and the Lower Creek Towns. The Upper Creek Towns is where most of the Red Sticks lived. They were called that because their favorite weapon was a war club painted red. White Sticks was not a term used exactly, but it was associated with the Lower Creeks who were going to be peaceful. The Upper Creeks were composed mostly of the Red Sticks. Weatherford was only one-eighth Creek Indian. His Indian name was Obaniga Fuchahaya, which means truth-teller or truth-seeker. He was a lot like George Washington. You know, Washington always told the truth, the cherry tree story and all that. Well, Weatherford was kind of the uh, Creek Indian equivalent of Washington. He was a man of his word, and he could be believed if he told you something. But the Red Stick faction was mostly the Upper Creek towns. Weatherford cast his lot with them when war broke out. And there are several reasons given. The most plausible one to me is the account about his family, his wife and children being kidnapped by the Red Sticks and carried back way up into Red Stick country, held as hostage. He went up there to get them. He was not afraid of them because they were his people. He'd grown up with them. He'd played stickball with them. But the account goes that he went up there intending to escape with his family at the first opportunity. But before that could happen, the Battle of Burnt Corn took place. That was the outbreak of hostilities. And after that, escape became impossible. So Weatherford ended up going with the Red Sticks against the Americans. Many of the Americans were his friends. He had grown up among them. Basically, he lived in two worlds. He grew up in the Indian world and also the American world. So he was torn in two when the war broke out, and he counseled against war. 
but Tecumseh prevailed against him. And the Creeks, the Red Sticks at least, cast their lot with Tecumseh and voted for war. And Weatherford got involved leading them out of necessity to save his family's life. And his mother actually had ties to Fort Toulouse. Sehoy was a member of the Wind Clan, and of course, the Indian tribes were known as matrilineal rather than patrilineal descent through their father. Right, exactly. There were three Sehoys, the first, second, and third. Sehoy the third was William Weatherford's mother. Sehoy the first was married to Captain Marchant. He was killed at Fort Toulouse. But they had already had their daughter, Sehoy II, who had Sehoy III, and there was that connection to Fort Toulouse. And the Sehoys, all three of them, that was a really high society matrilineage. They were all three known for their beauty, very beautiful women. And so when William Weatherford was born, he was basically already a celebrity from birth by virtue of his mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. Also, his father, Charles Weatherford, had the first horse race track in Alabama. It was just below Cusada, the birthplace of William Weatherford, and the Indians would come from miles around, as would the Americans who lived around there, to uh, go to Weatherford's horse race track to watch the races. That was the big thing. Back then, it was Charles Weatherford's racetrack that everybody went to for their sports action. You know, in history, he is, I guess, best known as riding his horse off a bluff into the Alabama River west of Montgomery. What was that story? Yes, that was the uh, Battle of Holy Ground at Chanakaka. Yes, he was the last man standing, the last defender of the Holy Ground. And his only avenue of escape was to jump off the bluff into the Alabama rivers. His horse, according to our Alabama history books, was named Arrow, and he mounted Arrow and rode Arrow off the bluff down in the Alabama River. And the soldiers were shocked by his reckless daring. They ran to the edge of the cliff and were firing down at him. None of their bullets hit him, and he arose on the other side of the river nonchalantly while they're firing their guns at him, just squeezes out the water and the blanket he was sitting on and mounts his horse and looks at the soldiers and raises his rifle above his head and turns and disappears to fight another day. But in making that leap, he made a leap into Alabama history infamy because the children who now adults who remember Weatherford, if they do, that's the thing they remember is his leap from the bluff. And there's a big question about how steep that bluff was. Yes. What do you know about that in your research? Oh, wow. Well, there are several accounts about it. His brother-in-law said it was 60 feet high. His brother-in-law was a Creek historian. Pickett, the historian, says probably 15 feet high. Dr. Gregory Wasselkov, who's a great historian, he thinks it was 12 to 15 feet high. Another account, Judge Meek, says it was 100 feet high, that Weatherford rode his horse halfway down and then leaped from 50 feet. There were soldiers that witnessed it. They were still talking about it several decades later. Mr. Meek. A.B. Meek, mm-hmm. Wrote the famous poem and named him Red Eagle, a poem of the South. Right. Yes, it's loosely based on the life of William Weatherford. And from that point onward, basically, Weatherford came to be known as Red Eagle, even though he was never called that in his lifetime. He was either known as Billy Weatherford, or if you were Creek, you knew him as Obaniga Fuchahaya, the truth teller. 
But yes, Red Eagle stuck with him and still sticks with him today. To your knowledge, is there a portrait or a painting of William Weatherford? There is not. He was not a chief. So, you know, when the chiefs went to Washington, D.C. to have their portraits painted, Weatherford was not one of them because he was just a great Creek leader. He was known for his uh, athleticism, his bravery, and his eloquence, his powers of persuasion. So by force of his personality, he became a Creek leader, not because he was a chief, because he wasn't. We're talking about a figure in American history in the War of 1813-14. Can we talk again? Well, I would love to. I could talk about him all day. That was retired Covington County District Judge Trippy McGuire. Judge McGuire is also the author of the book Winnie Wright, a Roaring Twenties flapper who broke the glass ceiling in the boomtown years of Up Alabama. And he joined us by Skype. More information about William Weatherford, the Creek Indian leader, can be found in the Encyclopedia of Alabama in an article written by Dr. Catherine Braun. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.